started. Here we go, everybody. All right, so um, uh, welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Um, tonight, uh, we have uh, we have some sponsors, and so uh, thank you very much. We have a weekly sponsor this week in memory of uh, Samuel Frankio by the beloved husband of Simone Frankio, the father of Sarah Fishman. So thank you very much, and uh, we pray that uh, Nisham should have an aliyah. And then also today, Monday, um, uh, by uh, Andrea and Josh uh, Waxman in honor of the yort site of Rav Shlomo ben Arab Naftali Karabach, someone who opened up his heart fully and showed us how much we need to love every Yid. And right now we mamish need that more than ever. So thank you very much. And uh, we pray Neshama should have an aliyah. And also, as always, that uh, our uh, our learning should serve to uh, assist uh, all of Knesset Yisrael and uh, specifically uh, our soldiers and uh, those held captive. And uh, we should give them strength through our through our learning. And uh, our learning also, because specifically we're learning to heal him, should give us greater strength in our tefillahs to better understand the tefillahs that we're saying and help to enhance our uh, our tefillahs as we say them. And so we get the two for one, as we've been saying. We get to learn and we get to enhance our tefillahs um, at the at the same time. And so today we're going to learn Tehillim Chavdal. And Tehillim Chavdal is a famous parak of Tehillim. And so uh, we'll start as usual by uh, just the reading the Tehillim, loosely translating and summarizing, and then we'll move to the words of the Rishonim and Nachronim to try to enhance our understanding and deepen our uh, ability to say the Tefillos together. Everybody ready? Let's go. L'david mizmor l'adonaya to David a song, right? Um, uh, for God, to God is the earth and everything that's inside of it, the whole world, uh, all of its inhabitants. Because he established it, built it, set it up on uh, on oceans and uh, and by rivers. Who can uh, um, ascend up to God's mountain and who can stand in His holy place, somebody who is clean of hands and pure of heart, that did not lift his his soul up to vanity, and he doesn't swear um, uh, in deceit, he should get blessing from God and righteousness from the God of his salvation, this is the um, generation seeking God, oh I didn't put that radak on the Page, oh, and I don't have. Uh, Abi, can you do me a favor, please? Can you go, please go into the Beit Midrash? Well, yeah, no, no, that's a different radak. I, I, yeah, I know I put a few radaks on the page, but not the one that that I'm thinking of right now. Uh, well, you know what? Let me check. But I'm pretty sure that I didn't. Um, yes, I didn't. Can you go into the Beit Midrash, please, and see if there's a Mikros Gedolos um, Tanakh and bring me to Hillim? Do you know where it would be, Abi? Like first bookcase on, on this side. Bookcase number one. If it's not there, you can't find it in 30 seconds, then forget it, right? You know, I'll deal with it. But no, 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 no. He's got this. He's got this. You got to let him fly, right? So, okay, very good, right? Now back to the story, okay? So, um, um, uh, uh, if if he doesn't find it, I'll I'll explain it to you later. It's okay. Zedor you'll trust me. This is the generation that is um, seeking um, um, uh, God's face, like Yaakov Sela. I, I sort of just translated that well. Lift up your heads, um, the the gates and 
and rise or be risen. Hinasu, it's passive, right? So be risen. How do you say that in English? Um, there's got to be a better word than that. That that's not proper English. Be risen. No, no. Rise, arise. No, but no. Arise is an active verb. Uh, Hinasu is a passive verb. That the the the, the will rise, will raise them? yeah right. But mm -hmm. yes, that's what I'm talking about. Right. It's like yeah. There you go. Um, Yes, perfect. It's exactly what we wanted. Okay, fine. All right. Well, well it's easier in the Hebrew because you'll see in a second. I'll show you when we get to pasuk test in one second. You'll you'll see the difference. So so um, and let the King of Glory come. Who is this King of Glory? God is strong and mighty. God is the Gibor Milchama, the strong in battle. You see here now. Seu means to actively rise up. So pick up your heads. You know. Um, uh, right, the gates should pick up their heads, and the 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 um, the openings to uh, forever um, should should open, should should lift up themselves, should rise themselves. Hinasu means to like to to be raised up. They sh oh, that's it. They should be raised up. That's what it is. Not not necessarily by whom, but they should be raised up. Right. That's that's vihinasu. That's much better English. Thank you very much, everybody. Viavo um, melachakavod and let the King of Glory come. Miuze melachakavod. Who is this King of Honor? This King of Glory. God is the King of Glory. That is the parak of Tehillim. Very good, everybody. So what is this parak about? Well, this one's a little bit more complicated, actually. Yeah, there seems to be a few different things going on here, yeah? So let's try to summarize quickly before we move into the words of the Rishonim and Nachrodim, yeah? So I think first, right, um, the Paragatilim is saying that um, that uh, the world belongs to, to God, and who, can, who from amongst us can stand uh, before God? Only somebody who is... I don't know, a perfect, excellent, right, you know, uh, a tzaddik, yes, exactly right, thank you very much, a tzaddik, um, and, uh, and we have a generation, hopefully, that seeks God, and, uh, and then what's the story with these gates, and uh, right, where did that come from, right, Sushar, does everybody understand what I'm saying, where did that come from, right, the gates should pick up and should open and allow God to come in, right, um, you know, maybe, yeah, what were you going to say, sorry? Like, uh, Sorry, like Aaron Feigenbaum. Oh, I apologize. Esther. Esther. My husband. Great to meet you. Oh, amazing! Perfect. So, if I was just reading this paragraph of Tehillim, right, and and I was trying to put it all together, and like was that, that's I I would have said something like exactly like, the Rishonim don't, which is which is interesting. We'll see what they do say, mm -hmm. right? But I I would have said something like I would have said right in order to to seek God, you've got to be this person who is pure of heart and clean of hands. And so, what do you do? Open up. Open up, and let God come in, right? Right, let let God come in. That's that's I would have said something along those along those lines as well. All right, we'll see if we get up to this. I'll leave this right here. Tell for a gimel that we'll need. But let's look at the Rishonim Menachot. Okay, now this the first the, the first um, midrash that I gave you here. I'm not going to read inside. I'm trying to do better time management. But I'm going to tell you what it says, and you have it here on the page. Everybody's welcome to, to read it, and you could see it. But I'm just I'm I'm trying the time management thing. Right, it's not going to work, but I'm trying. Right, and and what this midrash picks up on something that we learned last. Week, right? You remember we saw that there's some Tehillim that say Le David Mizmor and some say Mizmor Le David. And so we learned last week that it depends how David Amelech came to this Ruach HaKodesh, right? That if David Amelech, sometimes, sometimes, David Amelech started playing, 
You know, his harp, I'm going like this, it's the wrong instrument, right? Dada Melech started playing like this. And then through his emotional elevation that he was able to conjure by playing his music, he received this Ruach HaKodesh. And those are the Tehillim that say Mizmor Lidavid, which indicates that David Melech started with the Mizmor. He started by singing. And as he was singing, as he was able to elevate himself towards God, God gave him Nivuah, Ruach HaKodesh, Right from from above. That's Mizmor Lidavid. And sometimes, like our parak of Tehillim, you have Lidavid Mizmor, which means that God sent the Ruach Hakodesh. Thank you, Sasha. Sorry. God sent the Ruach Hakodesh down to David Amelech, and then David Amelech was able to be elevated by the Ruach Hakodesh and create the song. And that's Lidavid Mizmor. Yes? So to David, the song comes. That's what we learned. That's what we learned last week. This Midrash says the very same idea, right? That sometimes what we call in the Hasidic Torah, there's a Isrusa de la when God takes the first step towards us, and sometimes Isrusa de la Tata, when we take the first step towards God. And um, and this Midrash gives a very, very lovely um, character of that kind of construct. The Midrash says that sometimes, sometimes you have uh, people who are the Midrash gives a number of examples. I'll give you some of them. Sometimes you have people who are who are very wealthy. But you can't tell that they're very wealthy. Yeah, you ever, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes you have people who who put on a show like they're very wealthy, but really they're not so wealthy. Yeah, and you have the reverse. Sometimes you have people who are very poor and you can't tell that they're poor. And sometimes you have people who seem poor, but really they're not so poor. Sometimes you have people who who look very strong. The Midrash says they they posture whatever they seem very strong. In reality, not so strong. And sometimes you have people who don't look so strong. You know, in reality, they are very strong. And you have the same thing with whatever you you pick. What it is, you know. Midrash gives some very very funny kinds of examples. If you want to read it, you'll see it later. The Midrash says sometimes you have a very looking uh, a very fine looking man and uh, he has not such a fine-looking wife, or sometimes you have a very fine-looking woman and not such a fine-looking husband. It's really the examples that the Midrash gives. I'm telling you the truth, right? And you have a question about that? No, okay, good, right? And then and then the Midrash says, what the, the point of the Midrash is getting at is that is that sometimes you have people who are who are a very fine match, right? You have you have things that align, things that are are as they seem, things that uh, are, are as they look, and David HaMelech was like that. That's what the Midrash is trying to say. Sometimes it was Mizmorli David. So David HaMelech was playing, and it looked like he was getting emotional, he was getting into it, and you know, and you might have thought, oh, this guy's putting on a show, he's not really the real deal, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, just, um, I don't know, what, you know, what do you say in English? I don't know, in Hebrew you'd call it chitzonios, right? It's, uh, it's just externalities, that's the word I'm looking for. It's not, uh, it's not, you might have thought such a thing, you might have thought such a thing, right? So Mizmor David, but no, 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 it's also David Mizmor. Sometimes the Kaddish Baruch who came, just gave him the, the Ruach HaKodesh, which shows us that David HaMelech's Mizmor is also elevated, it was real service of, of God. The Midrash is very, very interesting kind of uh, character of this kind Construct that David Amelech, right, was sometimes able to raise himself up towards God, and God sometimes reached down towards David Amelech, and that relationship that David and Akadosh Baruch Hu had, which is summarized in Tehillim's sometimes usage of Mizmor le David and sometimes usage of le David Mizmor. And so here we have le David Mizmor. I probably wouldn't better off reading it inside. Now, if you look in the in the Malbim, right, uh, that we are going to read inside. Um, 
The Malbim gives his understanding of what this parak of Tehillim is really all about before he goes, and we're going to go Pasuk by Pasuk, as we always do, but before he goes Pasuk by Pasuk, he gives his general understanding of the parak in general. It's, it's actually very interesting, the Malbim's understanding, and will tie for us together some of the different psukim that seem to be varied, which will give us a way of, of channeling our discussion as we move forward through the rest of the Shom. So let's read the Malbim together. Here we go. Kiblu Chazal, Shemizmar Zenitkan, Omer Beisach, Nasas Ha'aron, Leves Kodesh HaKodashim. Chazal had a tradition that this parak of Tehillim was written as Shlomo HaMelech was trying to bring the Aron HaKodesh into the Kodesh HaKodashim. So the Beit HaMikdash was built. It was all built. It's actually a very, very lovely parak. Um, Atara and I were looking at it this afternoon. Shlomo HaMelech has the Beit HaMikdash. It's all built. Everybody comes to the, to the Beit HaMikdash. And Shlomo HaMelech says this beautiful tefillah. It's mamash, a beautiful tefillah. You should look at it. I was almost crying this afternoon when I, when I said it, you know, when I, when, I, when I learned it. Shlomo HaMelech, he talks about how we're going to come to the Beit HaMikdash and we're going to daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then he has passage there, Shlomo HaMelech. And he says, and if we get attacked by enemies and, and we may have losses, that's what he says, we may have losses, we're going to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're going to come here to this Beit HaMikdash and we're going to daven. And then he says, and if we have to go to attack in somebody else's territory, then we're going to come here first and we're going to daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then he says, and if we can't come here because we're too far away or whatever the story is, we're going to daven with, in this direction and in this mind to send our tefillos here to, to this Beit HaMikdash and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're going to respond and you're going to answer us and it's a very, very beautiful passage. And then at the end of this whole long tefillah that, uh, that Shlomo HaMelech says, this whole long, it's a whole parak, it's a very long, was it um, 42 psukim I think it is, right? Something like that. It's a very, very long tefillah. At the very end, Shlomo HaMelech, right, um, brings the Aron HaKodesh into the, into the Beit HaMikdash. And Chazal had a tradition that at that moment, after that long tefillah of Shlomo HaMelech, Everybody is there, and they're bringing the Aron HaKodesh into the Beit HaMikdash. That's when Shlomo HaMelech says this parak of Tehillim. Yes? Now, I said I wasn't going to put you on the spot. Abi, tell me why this paragraph of Tehillim is found in our Tfilos where it is found in our Tfilos. Exactly correct. We say this parak of Tehillim not on, Sh- not on Shabbos morning. Well, that's not going to help us with this construct, Right? But, but I will be able to explain to you by the time we're done tonight, right, in, in a few minutes actually, early, why, um, why it's there also. But what Amy says is exactly correct, and I'll try not to put you on the spot again, right? I've done it twice already, this counts, right? So twice already. But, um, but, but what he says is correct, not on Shabbos morning, but on Shabbos afternoon, on Monday, and on Thursday, when we bring the Torah, after, after we read the Torah, and we bring it back to the Aron HaKodesh, we say this paragraph of Tehillim. And now we know why. It's because Shlomo HaMelech said this paragraph of Tehillim when they brought the Aron HaKodesh into the Kodesh HaKodeshim for the very first time. So when they brought the Aron into the Kodesh HaKodeshim, Shlomo HaMelech said this paragraph of Tehillim, and then we took from there. And we started saying this paragraph, I don't know exactly when we started saying this paragraph of Tehillim historically, I, I don't know, right, when we bring the Torah back, but it's very obvious that this is why when our, when our tefillos were set up, that this paragraph of Tehillim was chosen to be the paragraph of Tehillim that we say when we bring the Torah back to the, 
the, the Arana Kodesh. What I'm also going to explain to you tonight, I hope, I hope I'm going to be able to explain to you tonight, right, is also why on, um, on, on Simchas Torah, I don't know if anybody realized this, but on Simchas Torah, when we put the Torahs back, we sing Su'usharim. And now we know why also, because it comes from here. It's exactly the same thing. We're bringing the Torah back, we say Su'usharim. But I don't know if you ever noticed this, but people have this custom. People say, see, I'm, I'm pretending this is a custom. I, this is not really a custom, but I'm pretending it's a custom. Because Minog Yisrael is Torah. And so, and so people have a custom that when they're bringing the Torah back, people try to block the Torah from going in. Have you ever seen that? They like stand in the front and they, and they, and they, you never, you never saw that before? I'm the only one. They're singing Siyu Shiarim and they're bringing the Torah back. That's simple story. Sasha's like, yeah, everybody does that, of course. Okay, good. Thank you, Sasha, because everyone else is looking at me like, what are you talking about? Right? But you go, okay, fine. And so why do people try to block? And now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why. We're going to see it. I can't tell you yet, but we're going to get there shortly. Everybody ready? We're back in the Malbim. So, Amar No, that's the Midrash that I skipped. This paragraph to Hillim was said when Shlomo Melech was trying to bring the Aron Kodesh into the Kodesh Kodeshim. Because after God went through whatever trouble it was for God to make the world, and God set up the world and He created the world, and He and He put us here in the world. After all of that, it only makes sense that God had a love for this world and an attachment for this world. This is like an anti-deist kind of construct, right? The deists believe that God created the world, but then He left it, like the watchmaker theory, right? God made the world, but He has no idea what's going on. He doesn't care anymore what's happening. We don't believe that. We believe that God created the world. We believe that God knows what's going on in the world, believe that God is actively involved in the world, believe all of that. And it only makes sense. That's what the mouth is saying. I don't understand. Why would God make the world just to, just to forget about it? Just to, just to leave it there. Why would he do such a thing? God made the world, and why did he make the world? Because he loves us, and because he loves the world, and he wants to have connection with the world. That's what a Kodesh Baruch Hu is about. It's about performing chesed in the world, and being there for us, and us hopefully seeking him. That's what God wants. Ulam, however, however, the chet doros hakodem. Sorry, I read that wrong. The sin of the earlier generations, gormula hafsik kaze, caused there to be a separation of the connection between us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. At sheboa avos until the avos came. Sheim ischilu laalos bahar Hashem. You see what the Malbim is doing right now. The avos began to ascend up to the mountain of God. If I can summarize what the Malbim said so far, yeah, God created the whole world. The whole world is God's. You see how I just started in the beginning of the Parak of Tehillim? You see, you see what I just did? Yes? But then, people caused separation between God and the world with our sin until the Avos came and they began to reintroduce God back into the world to ascend up the mountain of God. You see what I just did there? Yes? Right back into the Tehillim. Yes, so far so good. Yeah. And to draw God down with his hashkocha back into the world. Until we reached a point where we were able again to merge, if you will, between God and us, between heaven and earth, between Hashem's presence in this world, to build the Beit HaMikdash, to have a, a focal point of, of synthesis 
antithesis between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people and the world and everything to build the Beit HaMikdash and to have God's presence rest in this world on top of the Oron HaKodesh between the Kruvim. And Chazal said in the Midrash, Moshol Lamelech, this is an analogy to a king. Shegazu shelo yordu b'nei Romi l'Surya v'lo yalu b'nei Surya l'Romi. That the king decreed that uh, that uh, people from Syria couldn't go to Rome and people from Rome couldn't go to Syria. You know, whatever the, the decrees were. It's sort of like the king of Jordan. He said not one Palestinian can come into my land. Except for his wife, obviously, right? But leave that aside, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, uh, Sisi in Egypt, right? Not one Palestinian can come into the Sinai Peninsula, right? Okay, whatever, right? So, so, so the, not exactly the same thing, but, but similar, right? That they made decrees that people from Syria can't go to Rome, people from Rome can't go to Syria. Liyamim, however, guess what happened? Lisa Isha Misuria. The king of Rome decided that he wanted to marry a woman from Syria. But well, now he has a problem. Except not, because he's the king. So he changed the law. Because of the sin that early generations committed, God created separation, period, between heaven and earth. And God was like, all right, listen, y'all stay down there and I'm staying up here and that's how it's going to be, right? Esther Padim, I'm here, I'm retracting from the world, y'all stay down there. But, but, but then God decided, decided, maybe it was the plan the whole time, it was the plan the whole time, to give the Torah to the Jewish people. God says, it's not how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be period like this. It's not supposed to be division like this. I'm going to give the Torah to the Jewish people. I'm going to bring myself back into the world. They're going to arise up to me. I'm going to descend down to them. And you know what? I'm going, to ra- I'm going to lower myself first. I'm going to go down first. Where do we see that? Shinem, or the Torah says, God came down to the Harsinai. And when God comes down to the Harsinai, you know what God tells Moshe? Come up to me on the top of the mountain. Because originally God wanted there to be connection between heaven and earth. But the early sin of the early generations caused that division to take place. And it was as if God had made a decree that the heavens would be for God and the earth would be for man. Until the Avos began to build and ascend and Moshe Rabbeinu built on their accomplishments and their achievements they began to rise up the mountain of God and then God came down to meet them and by the giving of the Torah and through the Torah and through our study of Torah and our fidelity to Torah we reached a point in Jewish history where there was a whole generation that was worthy of meeting God on the top of the mountain and Moshe and Aaron and the Zikanim, they ascended up to the Har Sinai. And then God brought his presence down and that lifted up the rest of the people until God was comfortable resting his presence in the Mishkan amongst the Jewish people. And then the same thing happened later in Jewish history when we built the Beit HaMikdash. This is what the Malbim believes this paragraph is all about. Our attempt to rise up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and God's desire to come down to us and sin's ability to cut 
uh, division between the two and separate us from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what the Malvin believes that the entire parak is all about. Yeah, as we go through the words of the Yishorim and Achronim, we'll come back to Malbim and see how he builds throughout the parak. Although, if we looked at the whole parak right now, we'd be able to explain at least the first half of it based on just the introduction of the of the Malbim. So now let's get... Yeah, question. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, please. So the Sharim, the gates, are then the separation of heaven and earth. Ah. Is that what he's saying? Plausibly, it's actually not. It's actually not what he believes himself. Although that interpretation is very fine, given what given what we've learned so far. No, no, that, that's very good. That's very good, right? But we'll, I'll show you that Malvin is going to say. Yes, I'm go ahead. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. I know. I understand exactly what he's saying. Yes, I understand exactly what he's saying. Good. So let's uh, let's let's read together. Here we go. So let's start again. right? is more To God is the uh, is the earth and everything that is that is in it. So if you look in Rashi, he says something very very peculiar. Rashi says Lashem Haaretz Eretz Yisrael Teva Shararatzos Eretz Yisrael and the rest of the world. Now I know why Rashi says this. Well, first of all, because Rashi got it from the Midrash. But I know why the Midrash says this. It's because there's a problem in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, What is the difference between Tevel and Haaretz? Tevel is like the globe, it's like the world, right? So if we translate literally, to God is the land and all that is in it, Tevel, the, the world, and all those that inhabit it. Why do we have to repeat this twice? Now, it could just be poetic. It's plausible. It's poetic. He's repeating it twice. But Rashi, based on the Midrash, is suggesting that there is a different teaching going on here. And that is that, that David HaMelech is saying, To God is Eretz Yisrael, and everything that's in it. The rest of the world is also God's. Now, why would you have to make such a division? So if you look in the actual Midrash, which I didn't give you here on the sheet, but it's where Rashi gets this teaching from, the Midrash says that this is the way that God made the world. God made the, the, the whole world. And then God chose Eretz Yisrael to be his place. God made all of the days of the week, and then God chose Shabbos to be his day. God made all of the years of, uh, of years, I don't know, whatever years. He made the earth orbit the sun in, in years, and then he chose the Shemitah year to be, his, to be his year. God made all of the nations of the world, and he chose the Jewish nation to be his nation. Amongst the Jewish nation that God created, he chose the Levium to have special standing. Amongst the Levium, he chose the Kohanim to have special standing. Was there anything else in that Midrash that I left out? There was more in that Midrash. Shemitah Yovel, I think I might have said. There's other things in the Midrash. The Midrash lists a number of different examples. How God created, Tara and I were learning this this afternoon. That God created, right, um, God created, you know, uh, entities and then singled out certain of those entities for different things. For different things. Doesn't it create so much... This is an amazing question that a Tara Fayyimam asked me this afternoon when we learned this, right? That's what a Tara said. And you know what I said to a Tara? I said, this is such an important lesson in life. It's such an important lesson in life. Yeah? To be distinct and different does not mean to be better or worse. It just means to be different. It means that I can do something that you can't do, and that doesn't make me better than you. It makes me different than you. And you have something that I don't have, and that doesn't make you better than me. Well, I mean, at that particular skill, it would make you better than me. But in terms of our, our worth, 
right, as people. It doesn't make you better than me. It just makes you different than me. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs wrote a whole book and the central thesis of that book called The Dignity of Difference. But he also has this same thesis in a book that he wrote earlier than that. It was called A Letter in the Scroll. Um, and he has it in other places too. But it's the central thesis of his book, The Dignity of Difference, is that God chose the Jewish people and he chose the Jewish people to be different, not better, not worse, different. And why did God choose the Jewish people to be different? To teach the world what Rabbi Sachs calls the dignity of difference. To teach the world that it is okay that we are not the same. I am different than you, you are different than me, and we have to learn how to live in that difference and 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 maintain each of our respective dignities. We are not better than the rest of the world. We are not better than everybody else. We are different. We have a specific mission, a specific purpose, a specific job that we're supposed to do, and uh, and and we are we are we are fulfilling our destiny, and they theirs, right? This is very clear. This is right. Also, this is also Rabbi Jonathan Sack teaching, right? That we we believe something radical. He he writes this um, in in a number of different places also, um, but um, but we believe something radical, um, and it's it's radically different than the other uh, monotheistic religions in the world, and that is that we believe that there is one God who is the God of all of humanity, but that one God has different covenants with different people. That's what we believe, and this is very, very simple. Let me explain very simple. Yes, what's our covenant with God? It's a very thick book. It has 613 commands. That's our covenant with God. But everybody else also has a covenant with God. It's much thinner, yeah? It's Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, which means that we believe that there's only one God in the world, but that God has different covenants with different people. He has different relationships with different people, right? Um, the spin-offs of Judaism, right? Christianity and Islam, they do not believe that. They did not take that belief from us, right? They believe, Christians believe, that if you, if you don't believe in Christianity, then you're damned, right? And the Muslims believe that if you don't believe in Islam, then you're infidel, right? We don't believe that. We believe that, uh, that God has different covenants with different people, the, the world would be a drastically different place if they would have taken this belief from us. They took other things from us, but if they would have taken this one from us, world history and the world today would be a drastically different place, right? But okay, fine, you can't do anything about it now, right? At least I don't think so, right? But, um, but, but, but that's, that's, that's what I'm getting at, right? In other words, that, that, that God is, is trying to show us that not everything in the world is the same, and that's okay. Not everybody can do the same thing. And Eretz Yisrael has a quality and a spirituality that other lands don't have. And other lands have other things that Eretz Yisrael doesn't have, like oil, <laughs> you know, or, 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 or whatever, whatever it is, right? You know, so, so God made things different. I think that's, I think, I think, I think, I think. That's, that's the understanding of that, of that Midrash. And that's what Rashi here is saying from this Midrash. That David HaMelech is saying, that God owns Eretz Yisrael, he owns the rest of the world too. Not the same. He owns them the same. He owns them the same. But he has a different relationship with Eretz Yisrael that he has with the rest of the world. This is Pasuk, um, uh, where is this Pasuk? Right, that God's eyes are always in Eretz Yisrael. Right, he's constantly always looking at Eretz Yisrael. He looks at the rest of the world also. But, but God's presence is, is focused and centered in Eretz Yisrael. It's, it's, it's different here. It's a different, it's a different quality um, here. And, and that's what Rashi is highlighting over here. 
in the beginning of the Tilim, but that's where the Midrash gets it from. Lashem Aretzim Loa Teva Yoshveva. It's it's two it's two different things. Yeah, it's two different things. Now, if you look at the end of the Radak, I'm sorry I'm not going to read the whole thing right now, but um, it's already 8.30, um, past. So if you just look at the end where I have the first ellipses in the second line, right? Um, the Radak says a second interpretation, which is Pashup Shat. This is the simple understanding. When David Malach says, Lashem Ha'aretzum Loa, that means the whole globe. You look at the whole globe, yeah, the land, everything, the whole, the whole globe. Tevel hu mekomos ha'yishuv. Tevel is the parts where people live. There's parts in the globe that people don't live. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Or, or, or even, I'm saying, like, you know, even more, more locally. You know, like, there's parts, you know, in pockets where people don't live. There's different kinds of desert. Or whatever, and people do live in desert, but, you know, whatever. Right? And I think there's also people who live in the, in the, in the, in the poles. I think there are, like, scientists, whatever. You know, whatever. But that's not the point. The point is that there's, there's, there's the places of the world where people live, and there's places in the world where people don't live. Ha'aretz, Lashem Ha'aretz Umloah, means that God has everything in the world. But then... Tevel, and what's what's what goes with Tevel? The Yosheveva. Tevel is the parts of the world that people live in, and that's why it's Tevel, the Yosheveva. Tevel and the people who live there, which means that David Amalek is saying, God owns the whole world, and don't think that he doesn't own the people. You see, right? We we are the only creature in the world that has this delusion that we are the end users and the masters of, of the world. Everything else in the world, I presume, I don't actually know what animals and plants think. I don't actually know what they, what they feel. And I have no idea, but I presume that everything else in the world knows that it was created by God and there's certain instincts that it performs or, or maybe it doesn't have any kind of recognition at all of any of these things and so it doesn't delude itself into thinking that it's the, you know, it's, it's one or the other, one of, one of the two extremes. But man is the only creature in the world that convinces himself that he's in charge of the world. And so David HaMelech writes into Hillen, listen everybody, right? La Hashem God is the whole world. Tevel v'yosheveva. Right? And that includes the part that we live in and us too. Yeah? And, and why is that true? How do we know that that's true? How, how do we know that that's true? And maybe this is going to come to, uh, to what you asked me about Rosh Hashanah. I, I think this is the answer right now. Key, because, I'm up to Pasuk Bet, who al yamim yisada vi al Because he established the world on oceans. What does that mean, he established the world on oceans? Well, do you remember when God first made the world? And this is what Malbim writes on the bottom. I'm just telling it to you right now. I'm not reading it inside. But that bottom Malbim, this is what he says. You remember when God first made the world, there was water that covered the whole world? And then what happened? God said, second day of creation, Let the waters gather into one place and let the dry land be seen. Right? It is the nature of water to cover the whole world. And God holds back the water to enable the dry land to be seen. That's what happened on the second day of creation. That's why when you go to the ocean, you stand on the shore, what is the ocean trying to do? Push back over onto the land. Because it's the nature of the water to cover the land. That's how God made it. And then God restricted the water. He held it back. So why, how do we know that the, that the earth is all God's? Because he pulled back the water and enabled the dry land to, to exist. If God wasn't right now holding back the water, it would wash right over everything. But God didn't pull back all the water because if God would have pulled back all of the water, then 
we wouldn't be able to grow vegetables. We wouldn't be able to have water to drink. What would we do? I know all the Israelis in the room are thinking, what are you talking about? We just desalinate it and pump it where we're going. I know, I understand. But in David HaMelech's time, he set it up on oceans, and he allowed rivers to run through with fresh water, fresh water rivers, right? That could run through and, and give... Um, uh, viability to the land that we would need in order to live. So God owns the whole world and, and from the second day of creation, we can look around and see how God is holding back the water and yet at the same time allowing the fresh water to, to channel through so that we can live. Yeah? So God has the whole world and we can just look at our water supply to see how God set up the world, protects us and sustains us all at the same time. But if God is so grand and so great and the whole world is His, you could turn the page. Who can ascend up to God? How can we sing the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How, how can we come near to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Who could do that? It would have to be It'd have to be this, this perfect person, this guy of perfectly clean hands. Look, if you look at the Malbim, remember the Malbim's thesis about the whole parak, right? It's because based on God's Hashkacha um, Pratis, his uh, divine providence, he's his active involvement um, in the world, it should be that God's, that the land is God's. And we should be able to find God's Shechina everywhere we go. We should be able to find God's presence. We should be so attached to this world. But in order to do that, we need to find Shlemim. People who are tzaddikim, people who are whole and complete, who can ascend up to the mountain of God and break the barrier that exists between to allow those of us who dwell here to ascend up above and, and to make room for God to come down here. Who, who, who can we send to ascend up the mountain? And even if we could find somebody to ascend, you see what the Malbim just did? Because there's two different things in the Pasuk. Which means who can ascend and then who could stand. You see what Malbim is saying? Even if you could find somebody who might be able to ascend for a few minutes, but who could stay there and draw God down. You see, it's, yeah, you see how you see how he reads it. Fine, two kolm. Yeah, miya lebahar Hashem, miya komim kom kacho. Two different things. Who can ascend up to the mountain, but then who can stand on the mountain top and draw God down? Like Moshe Rabbeinu stood on the mountain for forty days, forty nights. Who, so maybe you have somebody who can go find. Maybe you'll find Lancelot, right? You know whoever it is, somebody who can go up to the mountain top, but who could stand there? You see what he's doing now? Now he's breaking apart. What is this guy going to need? He's going to need one nikikapayim. That means good deeds. Yeah, if you look in the Mitsudos, right? The Mitsudos says Nikikapayim Zairamishikab Nikiom Mimamon. In business. You gotta be honest in business. You gotta watch out for those Jews in their business. Yeah, right? No, that's a joke, everybody, right? Right? Nikikapayim. Ubar Levav, it means a pure heart. So that's like uh, your feelings, emotions, thoughts. It's not the same thing as actions. Nikikabayim Uvar Levav, right? Asher Lona Sala Shav Nafshi that does not allow his soul 
to become vain. He doesn't swear with, uh, with falsehood and with, uh, with chicanery. Uh, if you look in the Radak, he writes something very, very beautiful. You know what David Amalek is really listing? Three main um, 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 theaters of action that we have within ourselves. Hamase, the Hamachshava, the Hadibor. There's action, Niki Kapayim, that's Maase. There's Machshava, Barlevav, pure of heart. And then there's speech, which is which is Asher Lonishpali Mirma. Doesn't swear with chicanery. So this fellow, if you want to ascend up the mountain of God, you've got to be perfect. You've got to perfect. You've got to work on, right? Progress with your with your with your thought, with your actions, and with your speech. Three three different things. Varlevav, for one second, I'll come back to it in one second. And not swear with um with um with the seed. If you skip down to the Radak for a second, yeah, the Radak writes something very interesting. Um in the in the Tanakh, the word here nafshi, we say nafshi. We say nafshi with a yud, but if you open the Tanakh and you looked at it, it would say nafsho with a vav. That's how it's written. It's written with a vav, but we pronounce it nafshi. Yeah? Everyone sees that? Yeah? Asher lo nasad nashav nafshi. But if you look, right, my soul. And what does nafsho mean? Ah, it's very beautiful Torah, isn't it? Asher lo nasad nashav nafshi. I do not allow my soul to be risen in vanity. It means I don't get too high on myself. And how do I make sure that I don't get too high on myself? What do I remember? I remember that nafshi is nafsho. I remember that my soul is really his soul. You see how the how the Kriya and the Ksiv they work they work together? It's written as nafsho, but we say it nafshi. It's my soul. I don't allow my soul. God gave it to me. It's mine. It's mine. But it's his. <laughs> because I'm his. Yeah? Does that does that all make sense? Yeah. And so I try to perfect myself in these three areas. Maset, Machshava, and uh, and and Dibor. Good. And this person who ascends up to the mountain, the, the successful tzaddik, the person who ascends up to the top, yeah, he reaches the mountaintop. He, he should receive blessing from God. And he should receive tzedakah from the God of his salvation. So I'm sure everybody is thinking, what is the difference between the biracha and the tzedakah? Yisa baracha Hashem, he receives bracha from God. Utzidakah meloke and he gets tzedakah from the God of his salvation. What is the difference between the bracha and the tzedakah? And the answer is something that we learned last week, two weeks ago. I don't remember when it was. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't remember. Yes, but uh, but we we learned. How does it go? Um, the difference between yachel and boteach. Yes, yes. The difference between yachel and boteach. Right, um, and uh, what we learned then is that uh, boteach is something that you you trust. You trust yachel is something that you know is going to happen. The example that we gave, I think, last week was a tree giving shade. You remember that? You go under the tree and you get shade. Why do you get shade under the tree? Why? This is not a trick question. It's obvious. It's because it blocks the light. Because that's what things do. That's how it works. That's the system. Yeah. I don't get shade from the tree as like a special gift because I did something good, right? It, the system is that when you go under the tree, it blocks the sun and you get shade. 
That's 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 just how it is. That's how it is. Yeah, that's the tzedakah. What is tzedakah? Tzedek is righteousness. It's what's deserved. It's how it works. When you ascend up to the mountain of God, you bring yourself up there, you get tzedakah melokei yishow. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you. Why does God give you when you get there? It's not as reward. It's not like something special. It's not like here I have a cookie. It's because when you get close to God, God gives you shade and protection. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. That's, that's tzedakah. It's not bracha. It's not special blessing that God gives. That's just, that's how it is. That's how the system is. When you get close to God, you get protection. You get shade. That's just how it is. That's, that's right. That's tzedek. It's righteousness. It's, 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 it's what should be. Right? But there's something else. Yisa bracha. God also showers you with bracha. God recognizes the achievements and the accomplishments and the effort and the work that you put in. And so it's not just you made it here and so now you get the shade. No, you made it here and you get the shade. And now let me give you reward. Let me give you bracha. Let me give you additional and extra. And that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu treats us. When we get up to the top of the mountain, if you look in the Malbim, he'll say, When you get up to the top, God will give you blessing. What does that mean? God will give you added strength. You reach towards the top of the mountain and God will push you up. Like the Gemara says, That in the way that we walk, God pushes us. That's how it is. If we walk towards God, God brings us in. If we walk away from God, God pushes us away. The way that we move, God gives us the continued momentum in that same direction. That is the bracha. We start ascending the mountain and God pushes up to the top. The construct of bracha is tosefes, is adding, is more. And you also get the tzedakah. God will give you Ruach HaKodesh. Why? From God's sense of righteousness. God doesn't look at, at your effort and your energy that it took you to get here. No, that's for the bracha. God looks at your effort and your energy that it took you to get here. But the fact that you got here, God gives you tzedakah. He gives you from his presence. He gives you from his hashkacha because that's the way the system is. It's like going under the tree for you get the shade. And then God will give you extra. God will give you more. That's the bracha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives. So, who can ascend up to the mountaintop? Who can break the period, the distinct, the separation between us and God? Somebody who works on Dibor, Machshava, Masa, somebody who works on all of those actions. And then when we get there, God will give what we will find, that we'll find closeness to God because that's the tzedakah and God will give us blessing. On top of that, Tosephus, even more. Zedor Darsha. This is a generation of those who seek those who seek God. Um, yeah, let's read it inside. Let's look at the look at the Radak. Right, the Radak says, who ascends up to the house of God? The one who's I'm on the bottom of the page. the Radak over there. Yeah, one who is who is clean of hands, pure of heart. And who is that? Who is that? Who are seeking God and trying to ascend up the mountain? Heim Yisrael. And when was that? And this was in the days of Shlomo HaMelech when they built the Beit HaMikdash. Remember we learned in the beginning right, that this Tillim was said when he tried to bring the Aron HaKodesh into the Beit HaMikdash. And now the Radak says another Torah based on Kriyansiv. This, this word Dorshav 
Yeah, in the in the in the pasuk zed dor dor shav. It is a generation. Um, dor shav means of those seekers. Generation of seekers, plural. But if you look in the Tanakh, it's written with no yud. Zedor dor show is the generation of seeker, seeking him. Dor show, it's a generation that is seeking him in the singular. Dor shav in the plural, dor show in the singular. If you look in the Radak, he just, he, it's a very, very nice idea, I think. The kasuv dor show, it's in the second line. It's written in the singular, dor show, keneged dor, shu derech klal lashon yachid, because it's, it's talking about the generation. Zed dor dor show, it is a generation that is seeking, meaning you're talking about the generation as a whole. And when you look at the generation as a whole, you call it in the singular, right? Um, you would say, um, you would say Israel is. You wouldn't say Israel are, right? Even though are is the plural, is is the singular. Because when you talk about the, the, the country as a whole, as a unit, you talk about it in the singular, right? That's why it's written in the singular. But we don't read it that way. We read it dorshav in the plural. Ukri dorshav. Keneged hapratim shehem rabim. Because each of us is seeking God differently. There's, there's different ways that we seek God. So t- collectively, together, we are all trying to ascend the mountain. So we are collectively together, door show, in the singular. But we don't all do it the same, which is why we are door shav, in the plural, his seekers. Is everybody with me? Zed door door shav. It is, a, it is a generation that is seeking God, each in their own way, but collectively, all together, seeking God. Zed door door show. A generation that together is is seeking God. Yes? If you look in the in the Malbim, he writes, I'm not going to read it right now. Look in the Malbim, he writes, We are Mevakshe Panecha, we are seeking God's face. Yaakov Sela, just like Yaakov Avinu. The Malbim writes that we can be on the level of Yaakov Avinu. And why Yaakov Avinu specifically? Why not Moshe? Why not uh, why not uh, Aaron? Why not Avram? Why not Yitzchak? The Malbim writes, because after all, what are we talking about? We're talking about us trying to ascend the mountain. Maybe you could have chose Moshe. Maybe you could have chosen because Moshe actually ascended the mountain. And but you know, but and Yaakov was on the. Uh, is that what you were going to say? No, because Moshe also saw. Panim el Panim. Moshe looks straight. Yes, yes, yes. But but the, the Malbim says, you know why the, why they choose Yaakov? I don't know. This is what the Malbim says because Yaakov had a dream of the ladder. Yeah, and what David Amalekh is trying... What was that? That's what you were going to say? Yaakov was... Correct also. Yes, so when we're talking about Dor-Dor Shav, I thought about that earlier this afternoon too, very, very good. We talk about Dor-Dor Shav, that it's a whole generation. It's Yaakov Avinu, because Mitaso Shlema, because all of his kids were righteous, they all followed HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and also what Malbim actually says himself, what Malbim himself says, is that is that the imagery that David Amalekh is trying to pull up for us here is the ladder. is us trying to ascend up the ladder. The ladder that links heaven and earth. The, the ladder that the angels use to ascend heaven and earth. The ladder that God is standing on top of. The ladder that Yaakov Avinu saw himself on the Kisei HaKavod, on the, top of the, on the top of the ladder. And we can be like that too. And this generation that built the Beit HaMikdash, right, was ascending up the ladder towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, to, to be these seekers of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to bring God back down and to create the connection again between heaven and earth. And so now, Pick yourself, pick your heads up. Gates, pick up your heads. 
Why should the gates pick up pick up their heads? Look at them at Sudos. Atem this tremendous honor. The gates of the Beit Hamikdash. Because remember, we're bringing the Aron into the Beit Hamikdash. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, because the Beit Hamikdash. Right when when we have the Beit Hamikdash, it's God coming down to to dwell here. And the Beit Hamikdash, the place that we go to offer our service to ascend up. The Beit Hamikdash is the mountain. It actually is on the mountain, but everybody understands, right, the, the imagery and what's going on here. We use the Beta Mikdash to ascend up to God. God comes down to dwell by the Beta Mikdash. The Beta Mikdash is a place of connection between heaven and earth, as we learned, as we learned last week. And so now we're trying to bring the Aron Akodesh into the into the Beta Mikdash. Siushiarim gates of the of the temple. Pick up your heads. Do you realize what's going on here? Realize, recognize the honor that, that's happening right now. So, so the Mitsudos writes, writes something re- really interesting. The Mitsudos writes, and they shall be picked up. They shall, they shall be, um, what did I say before? I, I said it well before, lifted up, I don't know, right? The, the entrances of Olam. So, so the, the Mitsudos writes is because what it means is the entrances that will be Olam. The entrance forever. The forever entrance, right? Because up until this point, before he built the Beit HaMikdash, and before the Aron came into the Beit HaMikdash, and before the Shekhinah Resen and the crew of him inside of the Beit HaMikdash, God's presence moved because the Mishkan moved. There wasn't a there wasn't a Pesach Olam. There was a Pesach here, and there was a Pesach there, and there was a Pesach here, right? And now we have the Pesach Olam. The um um Right then, open the the forever gates. Right, the forever opening. That's how the Mitsudos. That's how the Mitsudos understands it. Um, if you uh, if you if you look in in um, in the Malbim, he understands it a little bit differently. Look in the Malbim. Yomar Atem Shechem. Oh wait, I skipped this Rashi. I can't skip this Rashi. I apologize. I cannot skip this Rashi. We need to go to this Rashi because I told you about Simchas Torah, and that's from this Rashi. So Rashi here says, Why does why does this is based on the Gemara and Shabbos and Daf Lamed? Why is it that Shlomo Amelech has to say Gates, pick up your pick up your heads. So the Mitsuda said Pashab Shah, he's just saying honor, it's honor. Realize what's going on here. Gates of the Beta Mikdash, you know, uh, Stand tall, recognize, you know, what's 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 happening here. But Rashi says it's based on the Gemara and Shabbos and Daflamit that that's not what happened. What happened was what happened was that Shlomo Amelech tried to bring the the Aron into the Beta Mikdash. And the, the gates of the Beta Mikdash, the doors, the opening, they closed. They shut. They wouldn't let Shlomo bring the, the Aron into the Beta Mikdash. The the Maharal says it wasn't actual doors. The Maharal says it was like a spiritual force, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Shlomo Amelech, I mean, for us, it's the same thing. Shlomo Amelech was trying to bring the, the Aron into the Beta Mikdash, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't, he could not do it. And so and so he started davening. That's what the that's what the Gemara and Shabbos says. And the Gemara and Shabbos says he had a lot of tefillas, and he said this paragraph of Tehillim. He said this paragraph of Tehillim. To try to, to, to open the gates. So he said, Open up and let HaKadosh Baruch Hu come in. Open up. And it didn't work. The Gemara says that, that when he said this paragraph to Hillim, it did not work. It did not work. Until, until Shlomo HaMelech said, he said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, don't deny me this. Yeah, please. And remember the, the chesed of David HaMelech and, and Bizchuto. Help me out. 
and then God, God, you know, opened the gates and he let the let the Aaron, he let the Aaron come in. That's what that's what the midrash says. That's a Gemara and Shabbos. I mean, it was a midrash also midrash Tehillim on this midrash, but it's also Gemara and Shabbos on Daf Lamed. And now I can explain to you, Sasha, why when we sing Seushiarim Rashechem, right, and we're bringing the Torahs back into the Aron Hakodesh, people have a custom to block the Aron Hakodesh and not let the Torahs go into the Aron Hakodesh. And it's not because, it's not because they want to keep dancing with the Torah and they want to have longer hakafos. That's not why. I'm making this up right now, by the way. Everything I'm saying, right? What? I don't think people know. No, no, they do. Minog Yisrael is Torah. People don't know, but they know. Somewhere deep in the recesses of their brain, we have a collective memory. And we know that when Shlomo HaMelech tried to bring the Aron into the, the Beit HaMikdash, they, the, the gates blocked him. They said, no, you cannot bring the Aron into the Beit HaMikdash. And he said, these psukim, olam, and they wouldn't open. They wouldn't open. They didn't let. And we're re- reenacting that. We're reenacting. Why, why did they not let? Oh, so we were, worrying, we were trying to figure that out this afternoon. And I, I, I think we saw it in the Maharal. I think it was in the Maharal. Um, but I'm not positive that's where it was, but we saw it somewhere this afternoon that they thought that we were not ra'ui. Remember, right? We created with sin, pirud, between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, and the whole endeavor of this paragraph of Tehillim is to bridge between us and God, is to break that pirud, to ascend up the mountain, right? And, and to have God descend back down and they thought the spiritual forces of these gates, not the physical gates, the spiritual forces of these gates, they said, you're not there yet. You, you, you're not at the top of the mountain. You're not, you're not ready. We're not letting you in here. We're not letting you in. And Shalom Melech Davin and HaKadosh Baruch Hu opened. And maybe, maybe that's even better for us because it means that even if we're not ready, maybe we can still get through. Maybe we can still get through. We have to Davin. Third time. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we could still get through. Yeah, good. So, Now, if you look in the Malbim here, I'm not going to read it, but what the Malbim says is that there's a passive verb here, right? as opposed to which we'll see in a second, which is, which is an active verb. And what Malbim says is what's going on over here is that first Shlomo HaMelech says, as he's trying to bring it in, he says to the gates, he's like, listen, it's just, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is coming through out of fear, out of fear, you should be lifted. You should be lifted. Why should you be lifted? And they said, Who? Who is this? Who is it? Now, if you look in the Midrash, the gates, the gates, if you look in the Midrash, right, um, the Midrash actually says that in the Gemara Shabbos, I don't remember if it's in the Midrash or in the Gemara. It's slightly different. It's a Gemara and Shabbos Daflamid, Medrash Tehillim on this, on this parak, and it's slightly different than both, and I don't remember which version this is, but um, I think it's the Gemara. I think the Gemara says that the gates actually came to try to attack Shlomo Melech because the gates thought when he said, V'yavo Melech HaKavod, that he was talking about himself. Right? He said, you know, he said, gates, pick up, open up, look who's coming. The Melech HaKavod. And the gates look at him and they say, Mize Melech HaKavod. Who do you think you are? Melech HaKavod. Right? And, and Shlomo responds, Hashem Yizuz V'Gibur, Hashem Gibur V'Chama Gates. I'm talking about something. Kodesh Baruch Hu. Hashem Yizuz V'Gibur. Hashem Gibur Milchama. What's the difference between those two phrases, by the way? Right? Yizuz V'Gibur, strong, mighty, Gibur Milchama, mighty in war. Malbim writes that Yizuz V'Gibur is a physical strength. Stronger. Yizuz Gibur. Strong. Gibur Milchama is not necessarily about strength. Gibur Milchama is also about strategy. Is that what you said? No, it's about bravery. 
Oh, it's something different. That's also a good shot. It's not what the Malbim says, but it's also a good shot. It's also a good shot. It's okay. It's fine. It's good. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's okay. In this realm, it's all good. You know what I mean? We're not talking halacha here. I'm saying like in this realm, it's, it's fine. Right? You know, but, um, but, but the Malbim says it's also about strategy. Right? And you can have people sometimes, right? Rabin biyanatim. Right? You know, uh, right? and that was not all about strategy. That was the Yad Hashem. I understand. But there's also, you know, uh, there's also strategy which is, uh, which is involved. It's not all about physical strength. And so that's Hashem Izuz Vigibor, Hashem Gibor but that's all in terms of Yira. God is strong and powerful and mighty. So be lifted, be lifted out of fear, right? But then he says again, Gates again, pick up your heads, rise, be open, open yourselves. That's that's an active verb. Open yourselves, right? And let the Melachakavods come. And then the gates say back to him again, What are you talking about, Melachakavod? And then he says something different. He says, Hashem Tzvakos. God is the Melech HaKavod. And this is different. This is not out of fear. This is God. Recognize God. Right? Be, be in awe of God. See God. Appreciate God. And then you lift yourself up. Like you were saying before, to open yourself up, that's what Shlomo Melech says to the gates. You open actively. Actively open. Yeah? I just want to point out there's an Ibn Ezra. We're going to end with this Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra is all the way on the bottom. The Ibn Ezra asks, why do we have two different psukim here? Su'usharm Rashechem once and then Su'usharm Rashechem twice. Yeah, so we explained based on the based on the Gemara and the Midrashim. But look at Ibn Ezra on the very bottom. Pam Shnia Remez Lashuva Kavod Bivoha Goel Kilohaya Kavod Bivayis Sheni. Do you see what he just said? He said that the reason why it's twice is because it happened twice. It happened once when we built the first Beit Hamikdash and we brought the Aron Hakodesh in. In the second Beit Hamikdash, it did not happen. It was God, right, correct. And God's presence didn't sit in the second Beit Hamikdash like it sat in the first, but it will happen again. When the Mashiach comes and we build the third Beit HaMikdash, it will come. So that last one, That's by Yisrishon. And then, That's by Yisrishon. That's La Lavo. And why does Shlomo Amelech answer different things? Why does he say the first time when they ask him, Mize Melachavod? He says, Hashem Izuz Vigibor, Hashem Gibor Melchama. The second time they ask him, Mize Melachavod, he says, Hashem Tzavakos, Melachavod Sela. So I said, based on the Malbim before that, the first time he was saying, from Yira, be afraid of God. Izuz Gibor. The second time he says, from Ava, Hashem Tzavakos, Melachavod Sela. So open up because you recognize God. But the Ibn Ezra writes something different because the Ibn Ezra says that the first time is talking about Bayis Rishon and the second time is talking about Bayis Shlishi. And the Days of the Goel, look what the Ibn Ezra writes, it's very beautiful. In the Bayes Shlishi, you don't need Gibor Milchama. Because there will not be war in the Bayes Shlishi. We will beat our plowshares, you know, our swords into plowshares, right? And what will be left? We won't need to, to look for Hashem, to save us with might and with war. We won't need to say those tefillahs. What will we need to say? We'll be able to live like Malachim in peace and recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu and feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be part of His hosts and His legions. Hashem Tzvakos! whose presence will sweep over the world and we won't need to see God as Gibor Milchama we'll be able to pray to God for times of peace tranquility prosperity where we'll just feel his presence to ascend the mountain to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to link to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and when his presence spreads over the world like that we will find ourselves and everybody else 
in much, much better times. And so this paragraph of Tehillim, if we could summarize all again, is our attempt to bridge heaven and earth. It's our attempt to, to link ourselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to declare that the world is all God's and our attempt to draw Him back into it, to open the gates, to ascend up the mountain, and to re, uh, reunite ourselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu yet again. I thanks everybody for coming and let's say the Tehillim. Everybody ready? Let's dive in it together. Yeah? Let's dive in it together. L'david mizmor l'adunai haretzum loa tevel yoshveva kihu al yamim yisoda v'yal nehoro sichoneneha miyale v'haradunai umiyakum mimikom kacho nikikafayim uvaleva v'asher lo nasal ashav nafshi filo nishpali mirma yisabracha miyisadunai utsidaka Melohei Yisho, Zedor Dorshav, Mivakshei Fanecha, Yaakov Sela, Siyushiarim Rashechem, Vina Supisreolam, Viavo, Melechakavod, Mize Melechakavod, Adonai Zuzvi Gibor, Adonai Gibor Milchama, Siyushiarim Rashechem, Usupisreolam, Viavo, Melechakavod, Mihuze Melechakavod, Adonai Tsivo, Sumelecha. Kavod Sela, Achinu Kobeis Yisrael, Asunu Batzarov, Asher Yomdim Beim Bayom, Uveim Bayabasha, Hamakom Yirachem Aleihem, Viyotzim Itzara Liyavacha Meafeila Liyara Meshibud Legula, Hashtabagol Vizman Kariv, Vinomar Amen. Thank you everybody for coming.